Welcome back to the Chicago Tomahawk. I'm Mike. I got my linemate Matt with me. And the NHL is on a hiatus right now up until December 26th where they could restart uh, hockey activities and uh, and practice due to the, the COVID surge that we've been having. Today we're going to talk about some Hawks per, Hawk players' performance, give you some NHL news, and uh, just general hockey talk. So, Matt, you know, we've got a really interesting season not just for the Blackhawks, but it seems that for the NHL as well, there's been so much that has been going on. We've got teams that have been underperforming. We have teams that have been overperforming and continue to overperform. We had the Beijing Olympics. That's not happening because of COVID. Um, NHL players obviously are impacted by so many so many games that have been postponed. Not to mention players um, that are that have been getting COVID, and which is really unfortunate. Uh, I really wanted to see some Olympic play, but that's not going to happen this year. The Blackhawks seem to have been doing pretty well with not getting the COVID bug other than what we've got Calvin Dehan that's in the COVID protocol right now, but we've got other teams that have about 10 players in, in COVID protocol and they could barely even uh, put a team out on, out, out on the ice. So to start off today, let's talk about the Blackhawks. You know, we'll, you know what? I want to start off with Jonathan Taves. I think that taking into consideration this guy, you know, hadn't played a game in over 400 days, comes back, and he's been he's been keeping up, man. Has he been been scoring as much as he has in the past? No, but he I don't think that he's lost anything on the defensive side of the puck, and and definitely at the faceoff dot. Yeah, we're paying him a, a pretty penny, but you know what? The guy's done a lot for the team in the past, and I think that he's earned his he's earned his check going into this uh, COVID hiatus. He's got about, I think, four goals in in four games, which is, you know, it's nice to see, it's really nice to see him get going again. How how would you how would you rate Taves's play? Uh, taking into consideration, you know, he's he's had some significant health issues uh, within the past uh, eighteen months. Yeah, sure. You you want him to you know put more goals in the net? Uh, he's he's got three goals, ten assists, thirteen points. He is a minus eleven. But, you know, he's on the ice more than other players. Um, his face-off percentage is 59.46, which is very good. Uh, that's a guy that you want in, um, you know, taking the dots in the final final face-off, final seconds of the game to win a big face-off for you, kill a penalty, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure, we, we wanted him to be, you know, right out of the gate, 15 goals in 15 games. But, I mean... <laughs> It's 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 I, I think he's finally getting his uh his feet wet, I guess you could say. Like he, he's getting back into the rhythm. The only bad thing is now he's got another pause, which which kinda sucks. But hey, he's gonna hopefully it's good rest for him and he can uh be charged up after uh, the Christmas break. Yeah, I agree. And let's move on to Kaner. You know, Kaner's kind of a very, very consistent player. He's always going to produce for you. Obviously more of a playmaker than a, a sniper, but he could also be described as a sniper as well, considering how good of a backhand he has and his ability to to score goals. He's been snake bitten recently, and I don't want to say that it's hurting the team, but that one goal that he could put in here and there really, really helps out. 
I think that his play has been very good, though, because he's been setting up Dabrinkit per usual, Dabrinkit finishing uh, the way that he usually does. Uh, but Dabrinkit's obviously not setting up other people. He's a finisher. Um, how would you rate Kaner's play right now? Uh, like if I had to give him a grade, I think I'd put him at like a B minus. Uh, I mean, I, I wish he was, like you said, scoring some more goals. He usually has, you know, on the power play, he, he's not afraid to shoot like in the recent years. Uh, he's only got two power play goals this year. He's got nine power play points. It's not that great. Um, he's got 18 assists. We know he's going to put up a crap ton of assists. Um, yeah, but the, the goals aren't there yet. And, uh, as for Debrinkat, I mean, the, the guy's got 17 goals. I think he's top 10. I think he's actually tied with Connor McDavid, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, but the assists aren't there. But like you said, he's a finisher. We need this. We, he's like the sharp of this new era. You know, he's going to shoot in that spot and bury it. But uh, as for Kane, yeah, I, I kind of hope he uh, sh- shoot more, shoot the puck more, because his shot is very underrated. What do you think of, obviously we just did, I, I kind of want to get into Dabrinkit a little bit more, because yeah, he hits guys, you know, he's he, he fights, he back checks just as hard as he forechecks. Um, I think that he is a very underrated two-way player to be honest with you i've seen him with some great uh with with some great stick lifts and steals turning them into offensive opportunities um i've seen him do uh go into some corners and do some dirty work and and come out with the puck you know debrinkit i think is a great all-around player he gets his reputation as a sniper obviously because he puts the puck in the back of the net at at a great rate but I think he's a great two two way player. Would would you say he's a good two way player? Yeah, I think he's gonna. I honestly think he'll be the next Hawks captain after uh, Taves is done. Uh, yeah, I like his two way game. I like that he defends his um, his uh, his teammates. I think uh, I think he fought when Kane took a dirty hit and he didn't like it. He went right after the guy, and it, it's it's good to see. That's that's the type of player you want uh, leading the locker room. He actually won that fight too. What's yeah. the, I think the guy was trying to laugh at him, and then like he the got guy, yeah, and then, then, he, uh, then he got a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> he thought he thought he was fighting a cat, and a freaking lion came yeah, out. No, yeah, no, he did, man. You know yeah. the uh, you know Debrinkit's more like a badger, to be honest with you. You know something that you really don't want to uh, something you don't want to put in a corner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, don't put baby in a corner. <laughs> So let's go on to Dylan Strom, you know, and we're talking about the tale of two players. Typically, if you're if you're a Hawks fan like we are and, and you watch every single game, you're going to see the game a bit differently than, than than we do. And if you, you know, you tune in here and there, you might catch a couple bad games with Dylan Strom. Or if you, you catch a couple different games, you may see a different side of Dylan Strom where he's a better player. So last year... I thought that his play was god-awful. It couldn't have gotten any worse. I didn't think that he had any value to the team. This year is a different tale. When he was when he first got brought to the Blackhawks, he he had a really good season because him and Debrin could have some some chemistry. Next season came, his play dropped off. Season after that was last year. He was supposed to be the number one guy, the number one center, and he blew it. This year comes around, he's the odd man out. He's a health, he, you know, he's practically a healthy scratch for the past, for the first 10 to 12 games. And 
he comes in and he starts being a difference maker. You know, he's gotten some assists, he's gotten a couple goals, but he seems to be have more to his game than he had his, has in the past. He seems like he's more, to be honest with you, more interested in the game. Do you see a different Dylan Strom this year than you have in the past? Once we changed coaches, yes. He was a different player. He was more hungry. He was out there working hard. He wasn't, you know, kind of being mopey on the bench as much, like that, that puss on his face. Uh, I just noticed more hard work from him and, I, I, I don't know the last game. Well, the last game he scored, he made a really nice read. The, the defensive guy on the other team, his stick broke, and uh, Strom took off. And uh, it was a it was a two-on-one, and he buried it. It was a big goal. T- I think it actually tied the game, and it actually got us that point to overtime. Right. I'm, I'm sorry. It might have been Nashville, I think, but it was such a good play by him, and that's what we need out of him. We need consistency from him, and I think he'll stay in the lineup that way. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think maybe with Strom, it's more mental than it is, you know, physical. You know, it's like he, it's like his head needs to be in the right spot for him to play well. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that the coaching change definitely benefited him. Maybe him and Seth Jones so far are the best. So Kirby Doc is a is a player that I believe has a lot of upside to him. A lot of people want this kid to be a fully developed uh, second-line center, and I don't think that that's fair to him. I think that he's developing maybe a little bit slower because he's kind of been thrown into the fire. He, he didn't get his opportunity down in Rockford to, you know, have a season to kind of acclimate himself to the, you know, to the game and then move him up uh, accordingly. He kind of just showed up to the big game and and that's pretty much it had some injuries and i think that's kind of derailed his uh that has derailed his uh how do you say what's the word i'm looking for here man i can't believe i drew a blank you know his um his growth but recently he's been shooting more he's got a great playmaking ability he's good on his skates and i think that there is a lot of promise to to, to Kirby Doc and and more to come, you know they've been putting him on a line with you know with Kaner and and Debrinket. He's been on a line with uh, actually I think a pretty good line with uh, I think it was Carpenter and and uh, Kubalik, which is kind of like an a, a little bit of an odd pairing, but you know when you've got Carpenter going into the corners playing some hard minutes and Kirby Doc trying to set up Kubalik. You know, it's um, I think it's a recipe for success, especially if they're getting if they're not getting, you know, the top top line D, you know, trying to shut them down. Um, what, do, what do you think of of um, Doc this year, man? Uh, this is tough for me. It I, is. I think um, I've said it before. I think Kirby Doc should have gotten a year in Rockford. I Like you said, the Hawks had no choice to have him up last year and the year before we were too bad we needed a guy that was could be a difference maker and you know I, I think a year in Rockford would have benefited him and uh, Reichel I can can you imagine that line Reichel Doc and probably Nylander out there I think it would be a very dangerous AHL and it probably would be the leading goal scoring in the A but yeah, he, there's no doubt he's a very skilled player. I mean, I, he makes some great passes, and he's still learning. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's stuck up here now, so they got to make the best out of it. They got to make uh, find a uh, two good wingers for him, and once they start gelling and producing, they got to they got to like stick with it. So let's move on to Mark Andre Fleury. You know, I've, you know, the flower has always been somewhat of an enigma to me, because a lot of people have always said how great of a goalie he is. But every game that I've watched him play, and um, other than a couple with Vegas, he seems to um, he seems to be like a, I don't know. He just doesn't play well whenever I watch. Um, I think that he's playing better recently than he has starting the season. But um, at the start of the, with the, what was it the first ten games? I think our both of our goalies, Lincoln and Flower, were pretty much left out to dry. And um, and didn't really have a great opportunity to kind of showcase their abilities. I think he's doing it more now, but I think he's let in a goal with three seconds left in like three games, man. And those are really really hard uh, hard pills to swallow. What do you think of uh, Flowers' uh, play so far? Yes, I've always been a huge. fan fan of flurry i'm definitely a goalie guy he's you know he's got 500 wins there's only three goalies to do that but when he and he's one of them yeah one when they started when he started with the blackhawks it was pretty rough the first uh like eh, maybe 10 games 10 starts we'll say he was bad but uh like i guess you could include him in this uh little group since the coaching change flurry has looked very good he's looked shades of last season and I, I mean, I still don't understand why Vegas let this guy go because he was the reason why they got to where they were at. Robin Leonard was not. Robin Leonard is a good goalie. I'm a huge fan of him too, but I don't see Vegas making you know, any progress in the playoffs. I think they're going to maybe be a one-and-done. I know they're at the top, but I don't think Leonard has, is battle-tested like Flurry is. In big games, Flurry shows up and he looks good. But uh, I'm I'm happy with his play now. I think he you know he's very very consistent. He's making some really big saves. You you definitely want to see him tighten up in the last minute and just bear down. And you know you do got to get help from your defense though and your forwards. You need them to really buckle down and tighten up in the last last minute of a game when you're holding a lead. And uh, but you know sometimes you need that uh, big save and. Like you said, the what was it, three games he gave up a goal when we were winning, and it would have been a solid two points, but uh, we gave the other team another point or whatever, or, or actually lose. We, we'd like to see that uh, tighten up and uh, not happen anymore. Yeah, you know, I think that we refer to the Red Wings quite a bit back in the 90s, you know, um, because they were just such a juggernaut, and, and us being in the same division, we played them a lot. But do you remember them being up by a goal or maybe up by two goals? There would be three minutes left and they would just be, it would just be incredible to try to even get into the zone. Like you couldn't even get into the zone. They would just be pressuring you to the end of the game where it was actually practically suicide to even pull your goalie to have an extra man out there because they were just so stout defensively and able to turn turnovers into incredible offensive pressure the Blackhawks need to learn this skill because you just couldn't win these games do you remember that man 
Oh, of course. I remember you pull your goalie against Detroit, you're giving Iserman and Fedorov more points. Right. Free points. Adding, yeah. And, well, the thing is with Detroit, you got to really credit uh, Scotty Bowman. He he turned Fedorov and um, Iserman into solid two-way centers. Having yeah. two guys on a team like that, I mean, the whole team, like you said, they got you got great defense to begin with, and you had great goaltending, elite goaltending. Right. But if you can't, I mean, it doesn't matter who's in net. If you don't even let the the opposing team in your zone, or, or force them to dump and chase, and you got a, a puck playing goalie that just gets it up to the wingers, there's no way. That's why they're they were so good in the '90s, and that's why everybody hated them, except yeah. Detroit fans. Yeah, no I know kidding. I hated them. So moving on to Jujuhar. You know what, man? I really like this guy, man. I think that he's a great fourth-line player. He hits guys. Um, he'll he'll pass the puck. He'll you know he'll do whatever he can to 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 be a you know to 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 be a asset to the team. Um, I, he doesn't produce very much, but. I think that he produces in ways that a fourth liner is supposed to. He brings line, you know, he brings energy. He hits guys. You know, he plays really hard. Um, I really like the guy, man. What would you say about Juju? Yeah, I like him, and I'm glad he's okay after that big hit against the Rangers, uh, Truba. But uh, hey, it's good to see him. He's back on the ice practicing, and it was it was a violent hit. But uh, like you said, he's like a sandpaper guy. He'll he'll uh, stick up for teammates. He'll go make some big hits and. He can, he's got a little skill to him. I mean, like he's not going to yeah, put up big does. numbers, but I know the Edmonton Oilers had nothing but good things to say about him, you know, when he was in the organization. And um, I'm glad we got him, and hopefully we could uh, build around that third line, fourth line, uh, with him, you know, him being the bottom six. It's And, you know, I want to move on to Caleb Jones because I think that it's it's pretty— um, I, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of dumbfounded because— you know, Juju Harsa is a good fourth line player, which is what we needed. And Caleb Jones is actually a very good. I think that he's a good defenseman in his own right. Obviously, his brother usually gets more of the limelight when you mention, you know, the Jones brothers. But I think Caleb Jones has some really good, uh, really good upside to him. I, not only I think that he's a good skater. I think that he plays well in his own end, and I think that he's good in the transition going into the going into the offensive zone and creating opportunities. What do you think about Caleb? Yeah, I like him. He's one of the only Hawks that's a positive player. He's plus two. I know he scored a big his first goal as a Hawk. It was a huge goal, overtime winner. Uh, I like him. I think he's a good five six defenseman to have. And um, you know he he's just like you don't hear about him. That means he's doing his job. He's steady out there, not making mistakes. And hopefully, you get some points here and there to contribute. That's even better. So Jake McCabe is somebody that I was really looking forward to on on getting on this team. I think that he's a stout defenseman, plays great in his own end, and he'll stand guys up. His start to the season was not very good. Now. It this which seems to be following a trend that most nobody had a good start to this season uh, under underneath Jeremy Colladin. But ever since this coaching change, and you know what, going forward, let's just um, let's take into account just the coaching change and and how players have have um, have gotten better. I think that McCabe is definitely more playing his game right now, and I think that he's 
getting settled in on this team, which I think takes a, a little bit for a guys coming from an old team, coming into a new team, getting settled, um, you know, getting acclimated to the, you know, to the town, to new teammates and uh, making new friends. I think that he's been very good recently. Um, definitely somebody that you want on the on the back end. And I think he's going to get even better as the year goes on. How are you with Jake? Yeah, I would honestly like to see him paired with Seth. I think those two would it would just work. You got speed and offensive minded with just I'm going to shut you down and nail you if you try to get into the open ice. Uh, I think he I was excited for to when we got him too. I was like I was really happy actually at, at the cap hit. It's not even you know it doesn't it seems like it's a it's very Steel. fair and yeah and it's him and Connor Murphy I know have been paired up and. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, if, if if you know you're going to work against, you know, say like say like we're playing the Rangers in a playoff series. I know it would never happen, but you you'd want him out there when the bread man's out there with you know his guys and hey, shut this guy down. And I like him and Murphy would be good, but during the season, you want to spread the wealth a little bit. I think him and Jones would be a solid pairing to have because you know you got a responsible guy that's gonna take care of his own end when Jones is going to do his thing. Which which you need you do need defensemen that can do that and uh, and you got that responsible guy back there making sure that uh, you know the the we're covered you know. Moving on to Brandon Hagel, one of my favorite new Hawks since last year. He has just since last year he has made a huge impact on I think on the team on both ends of the ice. He scores. He plays. Uh, he plays defense. He back checks very well. He's really good on the forecheck. He goes into corners and wins battles. You know, he he does absolutely everything. And for $1.5 a year, I think it's an absolute steal. I think that we kept the right guy. If if um if you if you want to com- compare, you know, Pius Suter going to to Detroit or Brandon Hagel staying in Chicago. I think that absolutely the right choice was made keeping Hagel. Um, I think that he's going to be a really, I think that he's going to be a, a fan favorite for the Hawks for quite a while. I love the guy. He scores big goals. He makes big passes. Um, to be honest with you, if I had to give him a grade, I'd have to give him an A plus because he's just, he's just so, um, he just, he just, you know, makes his will known and does it, man, on a nightly basis. And uh, you couldn't really ask for more from a player. Yeah, he's the Swiss haggle knife. He he does it all. And uh, I, I could see him. He's at uh, eight goals and eight assists. I, I can honestly see him getting 20, 20 goals, maybe 25 tops. And maybe even hitting the 20 uh, assist mark. I think that would, uh, you know, like an average grinded out guy. I think he... One of my favorite Hawks, too, I know a lot of people like. They like hustle, and they like hard work, and uh, that's what Brandon Hagel is. Yeah, and he's about it, man. I love him. Um, moving on to Brett Connolly. You know, the reason I wanted to to touch on this is because, you know, Brett Connolly, I think, is at this point in his career as an AHLer. Um, I think that that's where he's best suited. I think the game's a little faster now and he seems to be lagging behind. And um but I don't think that his play has been very good for the Blackhawks. He's uh he just seems to be a step slower than everybody else and he doesn't seem to contribute 
um, as much as as say young younger players who need the experience should be. Where are you at with Connolly? Well, when I went to the Ice Hogs Wolves game, he was on the first line with Reichel, and you know what? He really complimented him well. He would get him the puck, and I, you know, he'd be in front of the net on the power play. But it's the AHL. I think they called him up to kind of give other teams a look at him, like if they're if they're trying to find a, a buyer for him just to move that contract. But it is a very big contract for a guy that you know in the AHL. I think he's at like three point seven five or so, somewhere around there. But yeah, yeah, he's he's a very. I think he's not even thirty yet. He's very. He's a very older thirty. I think that. Washington Capitals uh, Stanley Cup run really took a toll on him. He looks he looks a lot older than he is. But uh, hey, I liked him. I liked him on the uh, the Ice Hogs. I thought he played well. Uh, that hit, you know, it was unfortunate. I don't think he's a dirty player. I just think it was bad timing and a, a misread on the, the hit on um, Tanner Carroll. Right. So Kevin Lankinen, I think, is a player that is really taking a lot in. And I think that, to be honest with you, this start to the season, everything that he's gone through is really good for his development because when you're, I, th- I would think, Matt, as a player, when you when you go in and you've got good times, you're winning Stanley Cups, you know nothing but winning, and then you come back to earth and things aren't as good, I think that's really hard on players because when you have success at the beginning of your career, you know, you're, you've kind of hit the top and, you know, you might not be as hungry. But when you're kind of at the bottom and you're hustling to play and you're, you're trying to develop and you're trying to be the number one guy, you're, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of, a lot of character developing, I'm sorry, character development. And I think that's what's happening with Lincoln. And I don't think his play has been bad this year. I think he could use, he could benefit from more playing time. I don't think that this break is going to help him. But um, I think that he's learning from Flower. And I think that he's going to be a better player from it. I look to see him to get more starts. Uh, coming up in the second half of the season, and I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing him develop. What do you think about uh, Lankinen? Yeah, there's no doubt he is my future franchise goalie for the Blackhawks, unless they go off and do something crazy like sign a free agent goalie, which there's there's not many. All the good goalies are usually signed, and even the you know backup goalies are signed because now everybody almost wants a one A and one B and. I'd consider Lincoln in a 1B. When he's in that, it's not like I'm like nervous. Like I know the Rangers fans are when the, when their starter went down. They were so freaking out about, uh, I think, it was it Igor? Uh, should, no, Gagoriov or whatever it is. Yeah. They were freaking out about this guy. And he's not a bad goalie, but Shesterkin is just a better goalie. But... When Lincoln's in net, I'm I'm perfectly fine. I know he's a good goalie. I mean, he's young. He's gonna make mistakes, but like you said, he's behind one of the greatest goalies of all time, learning and just sponging it out on the bench. Just soak it in, man, and take notes on this guy and model your game a little bit after him. Get pointers. Like, look what he does in the locker room. Look at his work ethic in practice. I know I'm always seeing. Videos of uh, Flurry, you know, usually the last guy on the ice, just working hard uh, with some of the players, taking some extra shots, breakaways, and stuff like that. 
that all pays off in the end, man. He's one of the best for a reason. He he's he puts in the work, and hopefully Lincoln is learning. Yeah, I I'm um, I think Lincoln is what they've wanted out of Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban. They've found their next goalie, you know, their next crow, if you want to say, a guy who comes up from the bottom and and kind of takes over. Uh, I think that's it's going to be his job to lose going forward. The only thing that they need to do is find, or is really a, is find a one B to to back him up yeah. going into the future. Well, don't forget, man. Crow, it took him a while to get this job. It did. I mean, it took a while. He he paid his dues in the minors. He came up. He believe he sat behind Marty Turco one year, and he actually he, he actually ended up taking the, the job from him. He had a great season that year. Yeah. But he also had some bad seasons with the Hawks, really bad seasons. Like, I, even when we were good, we had—I remember that 2012 playoff series with the, the Coyotes. He was brutal. He's yeah. one of the he's one of the reasons why we lost. I mean, we have to score goals, but when you're giving up goals and the puck doesn't even leave the ice, that can't happen. But yeah. he really turned his game around. I think when Ray Emery was signed, it's like Ray yeah. Emery was not losing games, and Crow was like, "Geez, man!" And even Scott Darling, Scott Darling came in and saved the day a couple times. Yeah. So competition sometimes is a very good thing. When when you got two goalies, competition could be huge a motivator for these guys to not want to lose their spot, play the hot hand and stuff like that. But Crow really became elite after those two goalies. I, I feel like maybe Emery really pushed him to be better, and he was. Crow was, he earned it. Yeah, I would say that that Emery and and uh, Darling were the best things that happened to Crow because they. I think that they... Um, I mean, dude, they really pushed him, man. They they truly were was a one A one B because I didn't Emery go on like a twenty and oh, right? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was incredible. Guy, guy was a beast. He one of my favorite backup goalies of all time for the Blackhawks. I don't even consider him a backup. He yeah. played half the year pretty much. And even even Darling, man, Darling was lights out too. Oh, uh, how can you not root for a guy like that? Yeah, he was. He was great. That he came in in the Nashville series, right? Right. In relief, and he won the game. Yeah. Man, that's like legendary, like fictional books. You know, like this guy is like a, a like a lifetime movie. The, the backup goalie yeah. comes in and saves the day. I mean, that's awesome. I remember. And, I remember him coming in, and I remember his movements being really crisp, uh, post to post, with the uh, with the movement of the puck. I, I I just I'm like, oh man, we're gonna win this game. This oh, guy's so uh, big. He's a big guy. He yeah. can move. He can move. He was he was really fun to watch. So moving on to Gus, you know, the, which was probably the most questionable signing that I've I've ever I've ever seen because, you know, I wasn't sure what the point of it was. Uh, yeah, we had a, a couple guys go down, but we've also got some guys that can step up. Uh, Gus, I think to be honest with you, man, has gotten better as time has gone on. It seems that um, he has trying to work out his defensive liabilities um, as the season has gone on, and I think that he's making some headway with it. Uh, I was expecting to be the old Gus who would get caught in his own zone all the time, but he's actually been playing a lot better than he has in the past. Do you think that Gus has developed better defensively this season than would you say um, you know prior I, I think he's still like the same type of player he's just pretty much a one-dimensional offensive defenseman 
I mean, he, he is a plus three. He's got the highest plus or minus rating on the team, I think, which is kind of embarrassing because he doesn't play defense. But, you know, on the power play, he 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 knows his role. He's going to be like a quarterback on that power play, get the puck to Kaner, get it over to the other side of the cat. But, I mean, like I think you said this a couple of podcasts ago, we were really looking forward to uh, see a little bit of Wyatt Kellenuk, and I think this guy might have taken his spot, which kind of sucks because I was excited to see Wyatt. I think Wyatt's more of a two-way guy like a Riley Stillman. Right. But leaning more towards the defensive side of it. But, hey, I mean, it was kind of like Bowman's parting gift. Here, Here's Gus. See you later. I'm gone. But <laughs> it, he hasn't been bad. He's not like, you know, he's not the reason why we're losing games like he used to be in the past with his, like, minus three, minus fours every game. But he's he's not, like, hurting us. Or uh, he is helping here and there, but he's not, like like, a difference maker in the game. Moving on to Connor Murphy, um, I think this guy has gotten better year by year by year. Um, it's it's really uh, crazy to think that we got him for uh, Nicholas Dromelson and and Hammer is he's retired now, and 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 good on him. I hope that he's rejo- enjoying his retirement. One of the best Blackhawks of all time. His number deserves to be in the Raptors. I ho- I hope to expect to see Seth Jones wearing a, a different number next year. Agreed. Maybe uh, Patrick Pullen will let him uh, wear his number forty four. <laughs> But um, 90s time machine. Oh, man. <laughs> but uh, I think Connor Murphy has been playing well, man. I think that he is a uh, a solid presence on the defensive line. He's not as shaky as he used to be. Uh, I think that he's developed into a solid player, and I enjoy watching him play. Where are you at with uh, with Murphy? Well, yeah, well, first of all, have you seen his helmet get thrown off this year? Remember no. last year, it seemed like he was on like a five-game losing his helmet streak. But no, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, him and McCabe, I, I feel like they're almost the same types of players. It's good to have, you know, guys like that that you could trust. And obviously, you you want to have a better plus-minus. He's at minus thirteen right now, but that just shows you he's on the ice a lot. So. I mean, they're really depending on this guy to be, you know, another shutdown McCabe type guy. I think he could do it. I just think we need to put uh, some better players around him and maybe get him a, a good defensive partner. I like him and McCabe, but I, I still think we should spread that out a little bit. Maybe even like a like a, a Murphy Gustafson pairing. You know what I mean? You're 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 spreading it out. Yeah. You're putting two different types of guys out there and you know you're going to do your job cuz you're more responsible than those offensive guys, but I I think he could uh, I I like him. I think for the cat pit it's very fair. And I could you know, he's a he's a top 4 guy, I think. I think it's right now it's Jones. It's uh it's Jones, McCabe, Murphy, and as I guess you got to give the other guy to uh, Dahan. He's he hasn't been bad either. Moving on to Henrik Borgstrom, I think that he's been something that the Hawks wanted. I think he's definitely trying to grow into that role, maybe a fourth line center, third line center type of guy who's uh, defensive responsible, but has some offensive upside. Uh, you know, kind of like a David Camp who could score. Um, but I would like to see a little bit more out of him, and, and I would like to see him play more just so that I can get a better read on him. Do you, do you have a read on, on Borgstrom yet? No, I, I think he scored the other night when we scored three in like 34 seconds. I think he was one of them. He made a nice play. I, I know he's only got two goals this year, 17 games played. 
Yeah, I, I, he came with the trade, I believe, with uh, Brett Connolly. Uh, what was it? For, Riley uh, Stillman Gus- as well. Which I think Riley Stillman has definitely been the best piece of that trade, and I I remember talking about it last year with you on the podcast, and I was really excited to see him. Uh, But yeah, I don't really have enough on Borgstrom to even throw out a comment on him. I just, you know, you never, you never notice him. Right, right. I'm, I'm looking to get to see more out of him before I could even really give a an, an accurate, you know, assessment of his play. So let's move on to Mackenzie Entwistle. And he's been somebody that I think that uh, Theo Fox hit the nail on the head. He was he was ready for the big for the big show. Uh, I think that he's a great fourth liner. He plays really hard. He has he does have offensive upside. He hits, he's an energy guy. And um and he and he brings it when he's out on the ice. You know, he's he's really uh makes his presence known. How are you with uh, Entwistle? Yeah, I agree with usually everything Theo Fox says. The guy just knows his stuff, and um, I'm really impressed with this kid, and I didn't see it coming, honestly. I didn't know too much about him, but he has uh, been one of the better players on this team for sure. Where are you at with uh, Dominic Kubelik? Because I'm very I'm, disappointed. The guy's really, <laughs> I don't know if it's snake-bitten. I don't know if it's he's not getting the offensive opportunities that he needs. You know, is he is he getting the opportunities to shoot the puck? You know, he's not scoring. Um, it's worrisome because we're supposed to have like a you know one two line uh, sniping uh, sniping squad of him and and Debrinket and Debrinket seems to be the only guy who's who's picking up the picking up the pace. Yeah, you definitely wanted him to be like your second line trigger man, Debrinket being the top line guy sniper. But looking at Kubalik's stats now, they're not, they're very bad. They're, I think he's got six goals and six assists. And this guy has a very, very good shot, very good release. Um, he's only got 63 shots, man. Seth Jones has 78 shots. That's That, that really can't happen when you're, yeah. you need your forwards to have more shots than defensemen. And he's just not shooting enough. And when he does shoot, it's... You know, that's probably going five feet over the goalie's head or five feet wide to the glove or blocker. But, man, when he does connect, it the goalies have no chance. That's how good it is. It's almost like a Panarin-like one-timer shot, like an Ovechkin. Like, if this guy gets open ice space, he is going to bury it. He's just got to connect. I think if he could start connecting, he's going to be in better shape. And that would be really good for the Blackhawks, too, because, you know, we're more defensive-minded now. We could really use some of these offensive guns to uh, to start scoring yeah. some goals. Our, our offense is not good, man. We we need—we only got Dabrinkat in double-digit goals right now, and that's it. He's got 17. The closest guy to him, I believe, is Hagel with eight. So that's, that's quite a—that's a big gap. We need some guys getting over 10. Philip Kurashev is someone who's got had a. I think that he's a, um, a good player that's looking to break out, but I don't think that he's found his identity yet. It seems that like he's looking for it. I think he's got um, he's got a nice shot. He's got great skating ability. He does play both ends of the of the ice, which I really appreciate. You know, I love two way players, but. I don't think that he has found who he is as a hockey player yet. Do you have a sense that Kurashev is is maybe finding himself or maybe finding a place on the team? I think it was a real wake-up call when they sent him down 
to Rockford, and he played great down there. And they called him right back up in the next game. I think he scored his first of the season. And, uh, you know, I liked his uh, last year. He was I thought he was great early on. He was, you know, winning puck battles, winning board battles, and coming out with the puck and giving a nice pass to Kaner or whoever, and the guy would bury it. Um, I he kind of reminds me of like an like a like an Adam Burrish, but he's definitely got more offensive upside to him. He he's got a good shot. He's smart. I just think that he he he's like like an energy type of guy. He could be a good third line guy, I think. And I I just don't see him in the top six though. He is a very good, very skillful player, but I just it, he's not consistent enough to be a top six for me. Yeah, and it's almost. You know, kind of like a tale of uh, Alex Nylander, where in order for him to be successful, he needs like that top six role. I, I would. I don't think he'll ever see a game with the Blackhawks. Quite honestly, from what I saw in Rockford, he coasts a lot. He dogs it. And my father-in-law is a very hockey. Are you talking guy. about Nylander? I am. I'm not oh. talking about. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about Kershev. I think Kershev is an NHL player. But as for Nylander. He, I don't know what it is. He's got that attitude, like he, he's, he's not his brother at all. No, he's, he, he's like better than you, and he skates like he's like Hollywood and everything. And, and you know, he wants to be in the NHL, but he, to me, he's just that type of guy. He did not go near any pucks on the boards. He, it, I felt like he didn't want to go and get dirty, take a hit. He would kind of stay in the middle of the ice and just look for a fancy pass and everything and cause turnovers. I know that was only one game I saw, but I think there's a reason why he's not up because, I mean, I just, maybe I detect a little bit of laziness in his game and, um, like, he's too skilled to do those types of things, but hey, man, if you want to play in the NHL, you have to do those things, so I don't mean to take in time with uh, Kershev, but I think when you brought up Nylander, it just kind of rang a bell in my head, like, hey, this, I don't think this guy will ever see a game in the NHL. I don't even think he deserves it, quite honestly. Yeah, the only reason that I brought them up was that, you know, Nylander wouldn't play well on a fourth line. You know, he needs to be in the top line in order to utilize his skill set. I think that Kurashev is somewhat similar to that, where he needs to um, be put in the right position in order to be successful. True, but if Buffalo's trading you, that's a that's a bad sign, unless your name is Jack Eichel, <laughs> you know. So or hopefully Jake McCabe. <laughs> well, he signed here. Yeah, we didn't, yeah, yeah. We didn't, I, I, I mean, we didn't I, give up assets for right, him like right, we did. Right. We gave up Yoki Haru for this guy, and who's doing nothing. Some, yes, there there was high hopes on Yoki Haru, but Bowman just likes to draft offensive-minded defensemen, and you know you you have to you have to get some two-way and one-way defensive guys, and, it, and that's why he's not here anymore. So moving on to Calvin DeHaan, I think that it's time for the Blackhawks to move on. I, I would really like to see some Wyatt Kalanuk in the lineup, and I think that him and Gustafson are taking up roster spots for you know some of the younger guys who could be who could be playing right now. Um, DeHaan has, pl- I think that he's played better this year than he has in the past, but I think that. You know, he's he's kind of getting up there in age. I think the injuries are starting to take a toll on him, and I think his game is starting to slide a bit. Where are you at with Dahan? Yeah, he's he's Owen. He doesn't have any any goals, any assists. He's minus 12. Um, he, he does have experience. That's the only thing he does have against these guys. He's 30 years old. Uh, he's got 477 games played. 
But the the thing that hurts us the most is is that cap hit. I think he's at like four point five million, and I I'd honestly I'd rather utilize that somewhere else. And hopefully hopefully there's a buyer for him at the trade deadline. Ryan Carpenter is a player that was kind of on the edge of, you know, is he going to make the team? Is he not going to make the team at the start of the season? You know, we had guys like uh, Mackenzie Antwistle that was biting at his, um, you know, biting at his heels. There was a lot of competition for it. I believe, you know, they both made the team. Um, Carpenter is a, I think that he's a very talented player. Uh, I think that he's a, a good fourth liner. But, you know, that being said, I'm not sure, you know, where he fits in going forward. Where are you at with Carpenter? Yeah, he's he's a fourth line guy, man. And, you know, he's going to hustle every shift. He's going to work hard every shift. And he's not going to be putting up points. Uh, that I think he knows his role, and he's not bad at it. It's just uh, you got to put the right guys together for stuff to work. And I, I, I like him. I think he, him and Kairou would be pretty solid on the line, but... Uh, I'm not the coach. I'm a I'm a podcaster just like you. <laughs> Moving on to the last guy on the list, Riley Stillman. Um, I'm a very big fan of Riley Stillman. I think that he's a great player. I think he plays both sides of the ice uh, very well. Um, he blocks shots. He hits guys. He uh, can make the outlet. Pa- he can make the outlet pass. You know, and I uh, I really like him, man. I think that he's a He's a great player. I think he was a great piece that we got in that Florida trade. Uh, I think that he's worth it, and I think that um, he deserves a spot on on the roster, and I look forward to seeing him in a Blackhawks sweater for years to come. Yeah, I was raving about that trade last last year. I was really happy with it, and I know people were saying Borgstrom was the um, the main piece of that trade, and I honestly thought it was Stillman because we needed – we needed help on on the blue line. We needed a guy that could play like he does, and uh, I think for one million for three years, that's an absolute great cap hit. Yeah, he got the years. He's still twenty three, so yeah, I look forward for him to be a part of this uh, future blue line too. So wrapping up, I think that the Blackhawks have gotten are a better team today than they were than when they started the season, and I think that's what's most important to take here. Um, with the rough start to this season, I think that this team is is really going to be pushing to to make the playoffs. They need to go on a big run, and uh, but I think that they can do it. They have the assets, you know. They have the offensive talent. They have a good defensive minded coach that is fixing their deficiencies of what they had before, and they've got two very solid goalies. Um, that can that can backstop them. So I don't think that there's any reason why, you know, they don't make it. Um, but going forward, you know, I, I think that uh, I, I think that this team is a team that is finding its identity because it doesn't have one right now. They've been known to be, you know, winners and you know, winning Stanley Cups and all that stuff. Those years are in the past. This is a new team. And this team is looking for an identity, and I think that they're going to find it within the next twenty games. And uh, and after that, I think that they they're going to make a push, man. Where are you at going forward with the Blackhawks? I I really like the core, the the young guys they're putting together. But we did forget to talk about one guy, the All Star Seth Jones. I think he, I mean, he's a been a great pickup for us, and. Um, I I can't say enough good things about the guy. I know he gets a lot of hate because of that that salary, but whatever, so be it. Who it doesn't it does it it shouldn't affect anybody. But uh, as for the team, 
around, I do like we got some great young pieces. Kirby Doc. Uh, we got uh, like the guy Stillman we just talked about. That's uh, he's going to be a solid top four defenseman. Hopefully, I like the pickups we had, and hopefully Taves and Kane can you know get it together and get on a little uh, point streak here, and maybe we can fight for a wild card. But I, I do think it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, it is going to be really tough. You know, and I apologize for forgetting about Seth Jones. I might, I think that we were talking about him before we started the podcast. So I kind of thought that I, that I covered him. You know, that's my bad, man. Do you got any, um, do you got any NHL news for everybody other than the entire NHL being shut down for COVID and the NHL uh, and the NHLPA announcing that they will not be participating in the Olympics? Well, yeah, we, we saw that coming. Uh, I, I think it's the right move. There's no reason to get stuck in a country right now that really doesn't care about you anyway. So, uh, well, we could talk about the uh, the stat leaders. I think, uh, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl are going to be up there for the next couple, well, the next decade. They're, those guys will be up there. <laughs> McDavid's leading the league with 49 points. We got Dreisaitl at... 23 goals. Adam Fox is leading all defensemen with uh, 31 points. Uh, Vasilevsky is leading the NHL in wins with goaltending. His uh, his he's got a 2.14 goals against average. Uh, he's just he's a beast, man. He's going to be one of the the best goalies of all time. I think he will probably get to the 500 win club along with Flurry when it's all said and done. Very exciting. I, I am a Tampa fan. I do I do like that team. I love the coach, John Cooper. I, I wish we could find a guy like that, a young guy to a younger well, not young, but a younger guy to kind of move up with these young guys and win win some Stanley Cups. But uh yeah, well let's not forget Seth Jones is uh in the top ten for defensive points and a lot of people hate on this guy. It drives me and Mike crazy. I, I know I am always talking about it i don't get the hate with this guy he's i mean we watch him every night he's been in my opinion one of the best blackhawks you know it, it's really funny when you you think of like coaches you think of like their age you know and and obviously you know Derek king he's not a not exactly a how do you say young but um but I think that he deserves his opportunity, man. I, I hope that this time next year we're talking about how we're happy that we've got Derek King and how he's been a revelation for the team and, and been a coach for the players to look up to. Um, I think kind of think that Culloden was set up to fail but uh, because, you know, he was just so young. But um, I think that Derek King, man, might be, uh, might be what we need. I hope hopefully he is. And we'll see how it plays out, you know, um, it's been, you know, such a crazy end of the year with the NHL, you know, me getting sick, taking a couple of weeks off, you know, um, I apologize for that. But, you know, I, I just couldn't podcast for two weeks. Um, you know, me and Matt are really appreciative of, uh, you know, all of our listeners, everybody tuning in. Uh, thank you for, you know, for listening to us and, and sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, by the time you guys... Uh, listen to this. It's going to be Christmas, so we want to wish you guys and your families uh, a Merry Christmas, uh, and 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 enjoy the time. You know, the time off if you're off from work. You know, spending time with the family. Uh, Christmas is one of my favorite um, holidays, so enjoy your time. Merry Christmas, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. This is the Tomahawk, and we're out of here.